You're now listening to the Boys in the Booth podcast with your hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at www.patron.com slash boysinthebooth. Well, good evening and welcome to episode 74 of the podcast. Cody Abrams and Melbourne. Hard to believe we're almost at the end of February. Uh, we'll start with you, Case. How you doing tonight, man? I, I am ecstatic right now. You know, although the Devils played like like a bunch of 14-year-old porch cats on a hot summer day this weekend, it was a historic <laughs> weekend for Devils fans. There's two events. My current favorite player became the 12th captain in franchise history, second youngest to Kirk Muller, and the youngest currently in the league today. Uh, And the second event being that the player I tried to model my game after growing up played his 1,000th game this weekend in a Devils uniform, being the fourth player to ever do so, joining Danico, Roder, that man right there. So... Pretty big weekend for Travis Zajac, Nico Heischer, and all Devils fans. And uh, Chad, before I pass it on to you, I I told you I had a little surprise for you this weekend. And I I had to do something because, you know, Austin Matthews is playing so well, and so are the Toronto Maple Leafs. So uh, I know this is an audio podcast. It's a very visual thing. But here we go. Give me a second here. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. What's he going to do? What's he going to? Oh, what is that? What is that? How do you like that? How do you like that little guy? That's a jersey I had when I was three years old and couldn't make choices for myself. So now the truth comes out. And for for the listeners, on the wall right now, Casey has just hung up a little baby Toronto Maple Leafs jersey. Um, Looks like from when he was about three or four. And now we know that he is a closet Leaf fan, and that's why he gives him such a hard time just like I do. So... That's you know, now we know, uh, dude. That's that's hilarious. Where you you found that at your house or something? Where, where'd you get that? Yeah, yeah. I had a couple uh, stored away that I'm gonna crack out. A couple more to go on the wall over the next few weeks. But it's been a a devil's in a leaf week. So here we are. There you go. I like that. I like the changing backdrop. That's uh, that's good. Um, me now personally, I think I have about two brain cells left after this weekend, if I'm being completely honest. And it has to do with Harper. Um, and this is just case. I don't know if you heard the full story, but here we are. Okay. It's, it's uh, Friday night and I, I'm, I'm texting Harper. I'm saying, Hey man, let's meet for food. Let's go around five o'clock. Okay. So I arrive about five after five, you know, fashionably late, whatever. Harper rolls in at about five 30 to meet me there. Okay. And I'm like already a bit annoyed, but I'm like, okay, whatever. Like, you know, it's Harper. I expect him to be a few minutes late. 
we get the, our food, we get into the car, we're going to Steve's place to play some hockey, and uh, Harper's like, okay, it's, uh, you know, he texts me on the way there, and I, I get the text pass up on my phone, he's like, I'm just grabbing some beer before I go to Steve's, I'm like, no problem at all, it's a Friday night, the boys are playing shinny, he's gotta grab some beer. 45 minutes to an hour later, I've been at Steve's for like 20 minutes already, and I'm wondering, I'm thinking to myself, where is Harper? And he rolls in, like I said, about an hour after I got there, and he has beer in his hand, and I'm like, dude, like, what were you doing? Like, where did you go? He's like, oh, man, I just, uh, I, I stopped in and, and had a beer with a buddy at, at uh, Sam's Brass Racks, the one of the bars in, in Brockville, and uh, him and his mom. And I'm like... I'm like, what? Like, what do you mean? Like, you said you were coming here. You made plans to play hockey. You said you're just picking up beer. Oh my god! So this, I after this, I was like, th- my weekend, like my brain is just shot from having to deal with Harper we, on a day. We drove basis. from Kingston and beat Harper there. Yeah. So I wanted to share that with the listeners. Just absolutely ridiculous time management out of this guy. It is just unbelievable. You wouldn't believe it. Well, Chad, you, you, both of you guys know I like to pack a lot in, you know, oh, and uh, don't have such high expectations. Man, <laughs> that that was one of the worst harp logics I've seen in a long time. <laughs> but you know what? God love you. And also, sorry for uh, for driving off with your car keys. Oh, well. my God. That, too. I forgot about that. Um, <laughs> wow. What a week. It was it was a stellar performance. On my part, still, still a lot of fun though. Hundred <laughs> percent. Okay, so shall we? Shall we jump into uh, it then, Harper? We'll we'll get into it. Good, uh, good chatting away, guys. Yes, Case. Congrats on a couple of milestones for the Devils over the weekend. Couldn't beat the Sabers, but anyway, that's okay. We needed the we needed the win more than you guys. So uh, anyway, that was good. It was a good weekend, all in all, and it's uh, great to be chatting with you guys again tonight. I didn't forget it this time, boys. I know I forgot it last week. <laughs> you guys were disappointed, but I didn't forget about cap or no cap this week, and that's what we'll get into right now it's now time for cap or no cap on boys in the booth so okay uh, number one the arizona coyotes will not be in the national hockey league in five years we all know about the article uh, that came out this week from katie lang uh, uh through the athletic uh so there is the first one the coyotes will not be in the nhl in the next five years case cap or no cap cap coyotes will still be in the league after austin matthews joins them oh, oh. shut up that's enough out of you case he gives one nice thing to say about the maple leaves and then he comes <laughs> back with that this guy sounded like brian burke over here is that Classic. is that your full that's your full take case can i get <laughs> mind that i mean that's pretty much it now that they have doan involved uh and paul bissonette you know trying to make that team fun again it's they get austin matthews they're here forever there you go I'm going to say no cap, man. I cannot see the 
Phoenix or Arizona Coyotes being in the league for any longer. And we can talk about my mishap about that a while ago, thinking they're still called Phoenix in the NHLE post. But <laughs> no, you know what? Like, it, it's a team that it just seems like nothing is going right for them. You know, John Chica, the most recent example of just sort of a blow up disaster and a PR disaster, a PR nightmare for that club. And there's just so much going on, like them losing picks and, and scouting guys before they're able to and being a mediocre team in general like I think if 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 they don't win a cup in the next five years why would they stay in that city there are multiple other cities like there's Houston and and like that's the big one right now Houston is a huge city that could really host a team um or there's you know Atlanta even maybe going back there there's tons I'm not going to say Quebec City that dream is dead. They're not going back to Quebec City, but there are tons of American markets right now that might be bigger than Arizona. And even though Austin Matthews is from there, um, he's going to stay a leaf for his entire career. Um, yeah, and uh, a lot around the Arizona Coyotes right now, uh, Alex Marawello and the ownership there. So uh, a lot came out this week. And for our listeners, if you want to check out that article that uh, that Katie Lang did, just go to uh, theathletic.com. Okay, number two. Uh, we just mentioned Austin Matthews, uh, another couple of goals over the weekend, and uh, here it is. So, Austin Matthews will score 50 goals this season, cap or no cap, Chad. I knew this question was coming up for cap or no cap, but I didn't actually prepare as well as I probably <laughs> should have for it, but I legit knew that you are going to bring this up. <sighs> I'm going to say no cap. Why not? Like, why not score 50 and 50? Like, I'm not saying that I'm going to predict this or that I would put money on this because like I've said many times, and it's sort of been a theme, like there's got to be some regression to the mean here. He is breaking out and it looks unbelievable right now with 18 goals in 18 games. But I mean, at the same time, like this is fun. This is a high scoring division that he's playing in. This is the most fun hockey I've ever watched. He is on pace right now, both him and Marner to have better seasons than the best Maple Leaf season of all time, which was Dougie Gilmore with 127 points. Both players right now are on pace to beat that. So, I mean, why is that not? In an 82 game That's season? in an 82 game season. I'm yeah. saying just on pace type thing so points per game but you know what 50 goals in 50 games it hasn't been done in forever and it's something that we don't see anymore for a good reason it's tougher to score in the nhl than it has been so i mean why not i could i I could definitely you know if anybody's gonna do it it's gonna be matthews but uh but yeah sure so I'll, i'll say no cap why not Okay, well, I'm going to say cap right away. Um, they've got most of their games against the Senators out of the way, so his scoring's going to drop quickly. And also, it's typical Austin Matthews. You know, it's just a shifted October this year. So he, he always has that big month where he scores a ton of goals and then kind of slows down throughout the year. I don't know if it's like teams take a while to figure out what he's doing, but it's uh, it's quite baffling to me. You know, Chad, we kind of talked about this on the weekend. I've been preaching it a lot lately is – He's got his his huge obvious ats, assets and you know his shot and his ability to score on the rush. But really, what I find to make him so talented in this league is that he's one of the best players on the ice at all times, and he's always open. This is a guy you should be covering constantly. Yet he's always open, and that's what's really his ability to to score goals comes from. Is his players can find him and he shoots the puck and scores. 
Yeah, and it doesn't hurt playing with uh, Mitch Marner, who's just feeding him like you know on a silver platter all day long. Also, doesn't hurt that they have the best power play in the NHL. Also, doesn't hurt that he's playing in the highest scoring division in the NHL right now. So there are a lot of factors going his way. So if anybody's going to do it in the modern era, like this might be the year. So. Yeah, this uh, Canadian division has been great for him and and great for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, 18 goals in 18 games for AM34. And like you said, Case, he has just turned into a complete player in the NHL. He's having quite a year. Okay, and the last one for cap or no cap to wrap things up. uh, Joel Quenville will be the next head coach of the Canadian men's Olympic hockey team next year uh, in Beijing in 2022. Uh, case cap or no cap no cap i mean i'm having a hard a hard time figuring out a better guy for the job he's he's in my opinion one of, like the best coach of all times and he should have this job and i i'd like to see it all the guys who will be on that team are familiar with him except maybe a couple of the really young guys that will make the team so i, I think he's a, a perfect fit yeah, I'm going to have to agree. I'm going to say no cap. Um, you know, there's a certain someone who would have been in the running for this team had this team been put together three or four years ago. And that, of course, is Mike Babcock. So with him sort of out of the way, I think this is Joel Quenville's team. Why not? So, yeah, I'm going to say no cap. All right. Good stuff, boys. Uh, Glad I remembered it for this week. There you go. There's another cap or no cap to kick off episode 74 of the podcast. Uh, Harper, do you have a minute? Can I talk to you about something? It's kind of personal. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Well, I was just wondering, man, do you have COVID balls? What the heck are COVID balls? Oh, come on, man. You know it. We've been on lockdown for a while now. I don't think you've seen any lady friends recently. And uh, I'm sure you've been neglecting trimming that downstairs area. So I was just wondering, do you have COVID balls? Well, listen, doing fine in that department. I thought they were called marriage balls. Dude, that's right. Well, if that's the case, if you've got COVID balls and I've got marriage balls, well, I guess we're in luck because our friends over at Manscaped, uh, by the way, Manscaped is the best in below-the-waist men's grooming, uh, have set us up with a discount code at manscaped.com. So right now, if you go to manscaped.com, and here is the lawnmower 3.0, by the way. If you go to manscaped.com and use the code BITB20, you can save 20% plus free shipping on your order so again that's manscaped.com use the code at checkout bitb20 for 20 percent off plus free shipping and now we'll get into uh the meat and potatoes of it so we're going to be talking about norris trophy uh predictions and uh, the candidates that we have in mind that uh that could win the norris trophy in this uh shortened 2020 uh nhl season so uh case we'll start with you who do you have for the norris trophy this season for best defenseman in the nhl you know that's just it Hart. there's kind of two definitions to this this trophy it seems over the the last decade or so maybe two decades it's you know the defenseman uh who demonstrates throughout the season the greatest all-around ability in the position that's the real definition and then the other definition is the defenseman with the best production in the league yeah and uh 
I will say that over the last couple of years, they, they've kind of taken a step in the right direction, not only with the Norse, but with the heart and the, and other trophies where it's kind of more deserving lately. Uh, you see Roman Yossi last year, the, the clear choice last year production wise was Carlson. He had 10 more points than any D man, 60 assists. That's uh, a franchise second best after Scott Stevenson or Stevens, sorry, had to, had to mention that. Um, but, you know, Roman Yossi, of course, he was second in the league and in, in points for a defenseman. But there's so much underlying stats that were taken into effect when they ch- chose him last year, like zone exits. He led the, the league zone entries. He led the league offensive zone puck possession. He, he led the league. He was he was just phenomenal with the puck and and end to end rushes. He had one hundred and forty nine. And, you know, the year before that, Giordano got it um, over, I think it was Brent Burns that led the league in points. Uh, And the year before that, Victor Hedman was fifth in points when he got it. So they're kind of in the right direction. And, you know, keeping that in mind, I I have a guy who I think will win the Norris Trophy, and that's Victor Hedman. And then I have a guy who I think deserves to win the Norris Trophy, and that is Charlie McAvoy this year. He, He has come into a role that... Who knows if he was ready for, you know, a year ago where Zdeno Chara and Tori Krug left this team. There's a bunch of people around the league, including ourselves, that kind of thought Boston would take a step back because of this. And while Charlie McAvoy is kind of taking the reins and, and become the number one uh, defenseman that they need. And y- you can see that in his ice time that's jumped from 23-10, which is a lot, up to 24-23 per game. He's been absolutely phenomenal this year. I've, I've got to watch him a lot, him playing in the East. And he's just notably, like visually better. He he plays defense well. The zone entries he denies constantly. He's physical. He hits. He's blocking shots. He's pretty high on a, on the shot blocking chart when it when it comes to skilled defensemen. And then there's some other stats that you got to take into consideration. You know, kind of the big ones that he's leading across the board right now. He's in first in the league among defenders who have played 250 minutes. Or, uh, or more. Uh, he leads a league in Corsi 4 percentage, Fenwick percentage, and Shots 4 percentage. Just straight across the board. The only of the kind of big four of those stats he's missing is scoring chances, which I think he was, you know, in the top 10 regardless. So this guy's impact is felt constantly when he's on the ice. Like another stat for you here is his expected goals per 60 minutes is 2.74 that's the fifth best among defenders in the league and his team drops down to 1.92 when he steps off the ice and that's saying a lot for a team that's among the the league leaders in uh win percentage right and leading the east in uh in points so i think that charlie mcavoy he stepped up he, he may not produce as much as like a quinn hughes or um uh, john carlson or victor hedman may but I think that the underlying stats are going to do him a ton of favor and he's so much better than he was last season and he was 10 in, in the voting last year. So I think Charlie McAvoy yeah. is my guy to win the Norris this, or this year. Solid pick. Yeah, I agree, dude. Um, a lot of good numbers there right away. But um, the point that I wanted to touch on that you brought up was sort of the discrepancy between who you want to win or who you think deserves to win rather. And that's in McAvoy and who you think will win. And that's Victor Hedman. So could you sort of explain that? Because I sort of had a similar thing and and I don't know if if we're going to have the same explanation for that. I think that, you know, Victor Hedman has 
more of an opportunity to succeed with his team and with his decor that surrounds him as well as the players he has to pass to right and there's another thing that i you know it may be my bias but i believe is taken into consideration during the voting and that's a name and victor Mm -hmm. hedman's name has been involved in the voting every single year for the last 10 years the best defenseman in the league so that makes sense but you know I, i think that um opportunity is, is his his biggest weapon and uh, you know he's probably going to be in the top three or four for for points right so that's my my guess who's going to win i think he has the second highest vegas odds uh after cal mccarr right now um yeah. so you know that's who i ex- expect to win based off history of the norris trophy but who i think should win it because of what he's done so far this season that's charlie mcavoy Yeah, I agree with the McAvoy pick. Uh, That was one of the players that I was considering taking as well. Um, But based on that discrepancy that you mentioned, I actually went with more of a traditional pick as well. But if if you look at the Vegas odds that you were mentioning, Victor Hedman is actually number one right now with a plus 550. Number two is Kale McCarr, then John Carlson, then Shea Theodore, which is neat, and also Dougie Hamilton at number five. So those are the top five right now. And just looking at that, like you see some names in there where you're like, okay, yeah, they've got to be involved in the conversation. But, uh, you know, a, a guy who I thought would be in there just a year away, a year removed from winning it is Roman Yossi. You know, I, I'm kind of surprised he's not in the top five there. But uh, anyway, well, his team's taken such a hit well, in, yeah. in general, right, where they're kind of yeah. dragging him down. And of course, he's, he's still going to be a phenomenal player and, and their leader. But, you know, that's kind of the nature in awards where it's. Your, your team has a big part in that unless it's the heart and your Taylor yeah. Hall. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, yeah. I don't want to get away from McAvoy yet before I, uh, f- before I bring up mine. I want to talk a bit more about McAvoy, but you mentioned it, dude, like what a, what a transition, like from playing in a top four role to being the guy in just a year. You know, having those two big pieces leave and Krug and Chara, like that's a lot of responsibility put on his back. And I think he's done a really good job. So, Harp, do you have any comments on, on McAvoy before I uh, before I share mine? Yeah, no. And, and uh, you guys know, like I was wrongfully hard and critical on the Boston Bruins uh, uh, before the start of this season. But uh, no doubt that, you know, Charlie McAvoy would would lead this back end. And uh, it's it's a lot younger, a lot more inexperienced. And I think uh, another impressive uh, note about McAvoy is that it's not like he's playing with another veteran defenseman uh, like Chera. He's pl- he's playing with uh, Jeremy lows on and and still doing so well and you knew that he was going to lead this back end and he will for years to come and he's a big strong kid as well and and just does everything right and and he plays for a very good hockey team and helps them win harp that is such a good point to bring up about his d pairing not only because you know he he's kind of carrying a pairing now but you have to have thought leading into the season that Charlie McAvoy is going to be taking a little bit of a beating this season because he played so well with Chara and Chara really formed him into the player that he is today. And he, it was one of the best pairings in the league last year and the year before, like they, you know, they played well together as well. So yeah. um, losing that, that guy that you're familiar with, you have the chemistry with and is so reliable on, on the back end you had to have thought, you know, the same thing we were saying about uh, Debrinkat, where, you know, he doesn't have Taze. Well, he's probably going to regress this season. Well, 
both of them proving us wrong. Absolutely. So again, just a, a great pick taking Charlie McAvoy. He'll be in the conversation for sure. Case great pick, Chad. Yeah. Uh, last point. So surprised that the Bruins didn't re-sign Chara for next to nothing. I just I don't get it. But anyways, I digress. Um, yeah. So going on to my pick here, um, I, I, it's funny case how we both approached this uh, this episode in, in a similar way, whereas like we picked a guy who we thought, you know, was probably going to win based on the odds and then a guy who we thought deserved to win. Um, so for me, you know, y- you look at this trophy and really it's a, it's a points contest for defensemen. And I don't like it. We've always talked about like there should be you know, a, a, an award for best defensive defenseman and, and, you know, maybe guys like, you know, whoever it is, we always bring up the name like a Radko Gudis, like probably not anymore, but like just a big, like burly guy who likes to hit people and whatever, play defense, you know, maybe a guy Classic. like that would win it. Classic was always my pick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. I mean, Ryan I, I Ellis would say, for me. Yeah, I would say like Zach Bogosian, Justin Hall, Jake Muzzin, but uh, you guys wouldn't like that. Literally so. never heard of them. No. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like, you know, you mentioned case, we're just looking back on it here. The 2020 winner was Roman Yossi. And although he was, he, he wasn't John Carlson and, and had 75 points that season, he was in second place. He had 65 year before that Giordano second place in scoring year before that Victor Hedman, he was in fifth the year before that Brent Burns who was in first. So to win this trophy, it is a prerequisite that you have to be in the top five in scoring just from the history of, of the winners. Like that is something that you have to do. So when, when we're picking a winner, like that's something that we really consider. So that was something that I considered when looking at who I thought could win based on, based on that. So this year, it seems pretty wide open in that regard. You know, you've got guys like Victor Hedman, John Klingberg, Kale McCarr, all of those guys right now are currently at exactly one points per game. Um, and then a bunch of guys leading up to that, just shortly behind or close behind, you know, just under a point per game. You know, you've got your Hughes and Petrie and Riley and Dowdy and Theodore and Carlson, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, all of those names I just mentioned, I guess, if if that's what it's going to come down to points, they could definitely be in the running. But for me and staying on this same topic of like a like a points contest, I'm going to pick John Carlson. So since the 2017-18 season, no defenseman in the NHL has scored more points than John Carlson. He has 227 points, and Brent Burns, who is in second, has 202. He also leads in points per game, even over guys like I just mentioned, like Kale McCarr and Quinn Hughes, who burst onto the scene and were seen as like, you know, points guys, points machines. Uh, so Carlson even leads those two in, uh, in points per game. Also, this season, Carlson has 14 points in 17 games played. And you know what? One of my, my main points for, for, or maybe sort of an explanation for why this is a points contest is because it's, this trophy is voted on by the Professional Hockey Writers Association. So do you really think that the majority of these old men 180 of them who are voting members are going to be using the nice, fancy, advanced analytics that we like them to use? Probably not. You know what they're going to do? They're going to say, who deserved to win it the year before? Who deserved to win it over the last three years but hasn't had their time yet? Well, you know what? That's John Carlson. And this isn't just me, you know, pulling out a theory out of my ass. If you look at the 2017 year when Brent Burns won, you know, he was first in scoring. You know, who was second in scoring the year prior? 
Victor Hedman. You know who won the trophy the next year? Victor Hedman. You know who's time came that year after being you know top five in scoring after you know three or four consecutive seasons Victor Hedman and that's what happened so that's why I'm going with a guy like John Carlson I think realistically that's how this trophy is going to get decided and it's it might be a pessimistic view to take but that's the view I'm taking and uh, so yeah I could definitely see John Carlson winning this trophy thoughts yeah yeah that's a you know that's kind of the point that I wanted to bring up about the trophy where it it, there's so much of a bias in there and, and kind of the the what's in a name shout out to my boy Shakespeare that I, I brought up earlier that I, like just so much consideration there with oh this guy deserves it and like over the last few years it's not all about this year like oh he hasn't won the trophy yet but he should uh, like one of these days and oh it's Carlson that name has been there for the last five years like that is all the nonsense that is going to actually probably win this trophy. But I don't know. I, I kind of started taking a step back at that, looking at the last few years where Giordano and and Roman Yossi winning it. It's kind of those guys deserved it. The, I really felt that both those guys deserved it and they were both my votes. So um, yeah. I, I like that. And but you've got a point, Chad. He's he's got some good odds to win this especially playing on the Washington Capitals, you know, he's just got to pass the puck to Ovi or Kuznetsov or Backstrom or Oshie or Vrana and, and, or shoot the puck. And yeah. he did that today yeah. and scored on the devils. So it's well, that's simple the, as that. This guy's going to, this guy's going to have a lot of points. That's the thing, man. He's been in and around that top scorers, you know, uh, among defensemen for the last like five seasons. And I think there's a lot of weight that goes into that. Plus right now, like I mentioned earlier, according to Sports Betting Dime, he's third in, in Norris odds. So, I mean, it, this is, I think, the safe pick. And if I were to put money down or to actually, you know, make my prediction, and I guess that's kind of what we're doing, that's the guy I'm going to predict. Now, someone I think who should win this trophy or who might deserve it more than John Carlson are guys who, yes, put up a ton of points as well but also are better in their own zones. And uh, two guys came to mind, Kale McCarr, for one, who has been unbelievable this season and last. Again, not just for putting up points, but for being good in his own zone, compared to a guy like Quinn Hughes, who is currently leading the NHL among defensemen in points, but is really a train wreck in his own zone. And and that's no offense to him. Like The guy is gifted offensively, and the, the defense will come. But so yeah, Kale McCarr is one guy and also Dougie Hamilton. That's another guy for me who's been in and around that who really deserves some recognition and he just doesn't get it. So for those two guys, Kale McCarr and Dougie Hamilton this season, uh, 61% and 55% Corsi 4 respectively for those two. Uh, Dougie Hamilton is also the only player among those in the top five odds who I read earlier uh, who starts more in the defensive zone. Uh, than the offensive zone. All of those other guys have more ozone starts, and Dougie Hamilton is the only guy who plays pretty much 50-50, but he plays the grunt minutes as well in the D zone. So that's that's worth noting as well. Um, so I've got, yeah, I've got yeah. two points there. Yeah. For one, you remind me to mention those Charlie McAvoy stats that I, I read off to you earlier were five on five. Yeah, fair enough. If anyone was wondering. Um, and... I think that another thing that kind of is, is taken into consideration when you think about the bias of the writers, um, and both of these guys are going to be stung by it. Uh, Makar is young. 
he's he's got a, many years ahead of him to win this award. Kind of the same thing that you think about with the Victor Hedman or Roman Yossi, where they may have deserved it when they were younger, while they got it when they're 27, whatever years old. Yep. And uh, the other one is the writers love to hate Dougie Hamilton. So yep, has to do with his it, attitude. We've heard it his whole career that they they believe he has attitude problems. So yeah. Where's the bias there, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, they sure do. They love to rip on him and like, you know, so what? He's a solid defenseman. Yes, he's been uh, with multiple organizations, but he's a he's a great defenseman. There's no getting around that. And you know, guys, you mentioned Hughes, you mentioned Makar. You got to throw Miro Haskinen into this conversation as well, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it uh, it just it seems like now it's the era of the young talented defenseman, is it not? Like who plays it's offense just ridiculous. Though, as well? That's yeah. something to know. Yeah. Who plays offense? You've got a bunch of Tyson Berries running around out there. But you know what? <laughs> it's it's good for the league. It really is. Like these kids are young, exciting, fast. They move the puck. They skate well. Like you know, you gotta love it. Yeah, it sure is. Um, okay, so for my candidate, guys, it's uh, I'm, I'm going with a bit of a different approach, and it's not necessarily a guy that I think is is going to to win it, but he's having kind of a surprise breakout year, and I think at the end of the day, he could be one of those guys that will finish in either like maybe the top ten or top fifteen in Norris voting, and and someone who I think will come as a bit of a surprise to you guys and that's justin falk of the st louis blues again not saying that he's going to win the norris trophy i think that's going to be way too difficult with all of the names that were previously mentioned but he's having a great year and i think uh you know again could finish in the top 15 in voting or whatever so a really nice season for falk you know you look at his stats you look at his career he's been uh that consistent 30 plus point defenseman last season only 16 points in 16 games i know that was a bit of a concern because he's got that long contract he's making 6.5 million a year until 2027 in st louis but this season he's got eight points in 18 games and is a plus 17 and that is the one stat that really jumps out at you i think and you thought for sure that you know tory krug or either colton pareko would step up and be the best d-man for this team after the departure of captain alex Petran angelo to the vegas golden knights but it's been justin falk and i'm not the only one who will say that so a bit of a surprise pick here again not saying he's going to win it it'll be too difficult but i think he will finish higher than a lot of people think in the norris voting uh having a nice surprise year justin falk what do you think boys yeah he's having the sort of year kind of Similar to Charlie McAvoy last year, where you look at the voting afterwards and you look at all the guys who got like third and, and fourth place votings and, and you see their name and you go, nice, like good for him. He yeah. deserves that. Yeah. So like, I don't know if he's going to win the Norris, but um, it, he is certainly having a great year. Tr- Tory Krug's having a pretty good year himself, but I, I do agree with you that Justin Falk's the name that you're talking about with uh, Petrangelo leaving and him stepping up and it's great because he's kind of a guy that we had singled out as many as well as so many other people um, that he needs to step it up after last year, after yeah. kind of being a, a big name in a trade and, and kind of being the the piece that was supposed to push push them. And well, it did. Um, but yeah, he took such a step back last year and it, it's great seeing him step up again. And 
he's putting up some good numbers and, and some good underlying stats. So I'm happy to see it. We'll see if he wins a, a Norris, but he, he's surf, certainly going to be on the card. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I really like that. I really like giving recognition to guys who really you know aren't traditional in in the sense of of getting votes for the Norris. So it would be really nice to see him get some votes. Another guy as well who's like kind of in a similar category is Jeff Petrie. He's had a great year so far as well. So oh yeah, like, there there are guys like that all around the league. Whereas, so if this award wasn't a f- points race <laughs> maybe guys like that get more recognition so great pick harp that's that's really great to uh to give some recognition to a guy who definitely deserves it this season after stepping up no yeah, for sure he, yeah yeah go ahead case well it's just saying like that's the whole point of them having a when they do the voting when the writers do the voting they have the first and second place yeah. and third place voting is for guys like these who they're going to get some nods in, in that third place voting. And then that might put them in a 10th place like Charlie McAvoy last year. And Justin Falk's going to be one of those guys probably just because of the, the stellar performance. And uh, I think that's really great. And I think that at the end of the season, we should be talking about that. We should be talking about the guys who are top 10 in voting for these specific trophies of, of not just a, a number voting like a, an art rise art Ross, obviously, but the, the Norris and the heart. So yeah, definitely. Cool. Yeah. And, and case going back to what you said, like you look at the full list and you kind of see where guys are at down the page and you're like, nice. I have that same reaction. It's like, nice to see that guy in there, you know, maybe a mediocre year last year, but a breakout season now played really well, helped their team win. Nice to see them on that list. So I certainly have the same reaction. Okay. Yeah. So for this episode, we talked a lot about, guys who we think should win or, or deserve to win or deserve to be in the conversation at least. But Casey and I also picked one guy who we think based on the odds and, and based on how the voting works, we think will win or will be our predictions to win. And that was Hedman for you, Case, and it was Carlson for me. Harper, so you mentioned Falk. Do you have a guy who who you think according to the odds and if you had to make a prediction and put money on the line, who do you think wins the Norris this year? For me, it's Shea Theodore of the Vegas Golden Knights. And man, this stings for Anaheim Ducks fans. And I've talked about it before. What a stud defenseman he has turned into to think that there's Theodore and Petrangelo there uh, uh, with Vegas is just ridiculous. He was high up in the Norris voting, like you said, last season. And uh, this team is very good. They're a contender, you know, pretty much Stanley Cup or bust. For the Vegas Golden Knights, he's a big part of that. And uh, yeah, this guy's going to win a Norris Trophy in his career. I think it could be as soon as this season. So I'm going with Shea Theodore. Yeah, it's got a sting that you could imagine a time and place where the Anaheim Ducks could have Shea Theodore, Cam Fowler, uh, Sammy Vatanen, Brandon Montour, and Hampus Lindholm. Uh, Hampus Lindholm and, and Josh Manson. Sure. <laughs> keep, keep, keep it coming. Yeah, they could exactly. have all these guys, and you know that's unbelievable. Uh, side note: Brandon Montour better watch out when number twenty-one or forty-four are on the ice next time you, they play the Devils because they want blood after that headshot on uh, Saturday. Oh, I didn't. I missed see that. that one. I didn't. Side note: that must have been that must have been late in the third period, was it after the Subban goal? Um, I don't know if it was that late, but they. They, yeah, he took a headshot on Kyle Palmieri, and he actually had to go into uh, the concussion pro- protocol after a spotter pointed it out. 
and uh, he, he did come back though, so it's all good. Yeah. E- either way. Yeah. Look out. All right. Uh, boys, before we wrap up, something I wanted to mention is that this week uh, we will be again releasing our NHL 21 roster overhaul uh, in the form of a spreadsheet on our website, uh, www.boysintheboot.com slash NHL rosters, or just go to the site and navigate it for yourself. We'll be releasing that. We went through every single team put in their current overalls and what we think their new overall should be along with their current, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, potential and what, what we think their potential should be as well. So we went through every single player in the NHL and the taxi squad and it took forever. So please go there to boysandbooth.com and show it some love as soon as we get it out. Probably I would say Wednesday at the earliest and uh, we'll, we'll do our best to get it out by then. But yeah, so check that out. We also, for your convenience, went through and highlighted three players on every team that you must edit in order to make the NHL 21 franchise mode simulations run much smoother. There's also a bunch of created players that we added in there. And I'm not kidding. Like this took hours and hours and hours. And it's something that we will be updating, um, you know, frequently, maybe not so frequently, but every, every couple months or so when there are big changes, big trades or whatever. So just wanted to plug that. That's something that will be on the website. Make sure you, you show it some love and uh, don't let it flop because it took forever. And uh, we really love the game and want it to be, you know, much better than it is now because it kind of sucks. So we want it to be real. And uh, so that's why we did all that. So check that out. Just wanted to plug that. Yeah. No, great plug for sure. It's an issue we've talked about before, right, Case? I won't get you going too much about this, but it's something that's an issue in NHL. We play a lot of it. We know you do as well if you listen to this podcast. And and uh, it took a lot of time and effort. So, again, cannot stress enough. Go and download it. Check it out. Those players that you must change. Make sure when you simulate your first year of franchise mode, it's a guy who realistically should be in the top of the league in scoring. So all that good stuff. But yeah, check it out at boysintheboot.com. Yes, sir. Um, a couple of notes, guys, before we uh, we finish off here, episode 74. Just wanted to say congratulations to uh, Connor McDavid. 500 career points in 369 games, the same as Sidney Crosby. And also, speaking of uh, Sid himself, congrats to him on 1,000 games played. Um, and uh, what the Penguins did in the warm-up, doing uh, Crosby's warm-up uh, routine, ritual, whatever you want to call it, that was pretty awesome. Were you guys able to check out that clip on Instagram? Yeah, yeah. I saw that. That was cool. Yeah. 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 So, again, two incredible players. And uh, just it, it, absolutely amazing that uh, it took McDavid the same amount of games as Crosby to reach the 500-point plateau, isn't it? Okay. While we're talking about this question, quick, off the dome for both of you, who are you taking, Prime Crosby or McDavid right now? Oh, yeah, you know, my my gut wants to say McDavid because I think that he is a the like the best player ever. But um, my brain is going to say Sidney Crosby because he's won cups in his prime. So exact same for me. Nothing else to say. 
Yeah. yeah. I would also take Crosby, and that's not to take away anything from Connor McDavid. I, all three of us choosing Crosby, it seems crazy. It should be a very close vote if you're polling, you know, a thousand people or whatever. But uh, yeah, both players, incredible. But the reason I bring it up is because so many people forget how dang good Crosby was in his prime defensively, too. Like that's something that is it goes unnoticed, and he's just so strong in the corners. And now, don't get me wrong, nobody looks like McDavid on the ice so fast, even faster with the puck. But at the same, like, just yeah, I wanted to say that it's a it's a shame that Sidney Crosby back then in his prime, like advanced analytics were uh, plus minus. So yeah. it's it's tough <laughs> that you can't really look at how good he was defensively. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, nonetheless, we are blessed uh, to watch these two uh, play this great game. That's for sure. All right. Thanks so much for listening to episode 74. Uh, Cap or no cap. Didn't forget. Thank goodness. And uh, Norris Trophy candidates for this season. And once again, uh, midweek, you can head over to our website, boysintheboot.com. The updated NHL 21 custom rosters will be there uh, for you to see. All right. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you again next week. Take care. This has been another episode of Boys in the Booth with Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at www.patron.com slash boysinthebooth.